Hi, my name is Wendy Weber. And my name is BJ Neal. Welcome to Nobody Chooses Homelessness. A podcast dedicated to changing the cultural narratives about homelessness and shedding light on how we can mobilize to be a part of the solution. In this podcast, we'll talk to everyday people, experts, entrepreneurs, and activists who are helping their unhoused neighbors find their way home again. We work for City Relief, a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving people facing extreme poverty and homelessness. City Relief shows up weekly as a mobile outreach offering people free meals, supplies, and connection to resources for housing, employment, and health care. More importantly, we offer people friendship, community, and belonging. We both have years of experience working systematically and on the ground to end homelessness. We believe that in order to end homelessness, it's going to take a holistic approach with people from all walks of life helping their neighbors in need. So with this said, do you have any particular stories that you would want to tell about maybe someone who's participated in VIP and just the effect that it's had on them? You've shared some little stories here and there, but I don't know. We've had different um, stories. That was one that I shared. There's another one with a, a lady that's currently doing the VIP program with us in this cohort. And I remember I went to, I was at Outreach that Wednesday because they were starting off a couple of, they had just started like two weeks. And I came and I had them, I had a couple of them just following me, just being involved in what I was doing, like LCVs, things like that. And this one particular lady came and she said, I said, what would you like to do? You want to go help out on the bus? You want to, and then she says, no, what, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm meeting with people. And she was like, whatever you need me to do, I am going to do it. And she's very boisterous, very fun, and just loves to be involved. You probably know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting down, and then this guest comes over to me. And, 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 and especially Wednesdays, it's wild. It's busy. Mm-hmm. All the Spanish speakers that we had was tied up. And uh, this particular VIP member, she speaks Spanish. And this guest came up to me, and I'm un poquito Spanish, right? Like, it's not a lot yeah. at all. So this guest came to me, and he's just, like, talking away. And I'm like, hold on, slow down. I could get some of the work. I know the phone is an issue or whatever. And so this um, VIP participant is sitting next to me, and she starts telling me what he's saying. And I was like, okay, okay. And I was like, well, well can you tell him this? Can you tell him that? And... Uh, she ends up doing that entire like life care visit for me. Like we were helping that person get a phone back. She was on the phone with T-Mobile. She was on the phone with, you know, with the different systems that was to help him get his phone. And at the same time, she's coaching him and walking him through what he needs. And that was just amazing to me because in that moment, she felt needed. She felt needed and she had something to give. Like yes. she had already tapped into, I know that I can help this person right here. And I let her, mm-hmm. you know. And so it was just seeing what what this program does too is it causes people to see even the leadership skills in themselves and even the ability to advocate for themselves. Wow. So they develop all of that. So even so, she was someone that had come to us at Outreach one day and she was upset about something. This is before the VIP. Mm-hmm. And one of our team members who works very, you know, one of our care coordinators was able to calm her down and help her. And she ended up receiving a large sum of tax money that she didn't know that she was entitled to. 
Man, after that day, she was at outreach every week. Just before she was a VIP, she wanted to do everything. And now she's just like helping people and we have her, you know, so that's one. There is another gentleman who came in and he was just like kind of very... He was very unsure of what he wanted. He was coming from a different state and he didn't have a job. He didn't have anything. And he was invited by another VIP. So that's another thing. We have VIP participants that go out and <laughs> and they recruit for us, right? Like we've gotten a couple of people that way. <laughs> so he came and he was with us for a couple of weeks and we had an, another VIP par- participant training him. So that's what we, we do too. We want them to train other participants as yeah. well. Like, and so he was trained by another VIP and his goal was to get employment. I was also to connect back to his family. So what we did with him was after a couple of weeks of coming, we had been making connections for him and he found out that he was there was a job opening for him in Georgia where he would then be able to see his family and be closer to them. So um, when I found out through one of the court care coordinators, he said, Trisha, do you think we can get him back to Georgia? I said, if it's legit and we make all the, the phone calls and we investigate that this is right, then let us get him to Georgia to that job at Coca-Cola. Let's do it. And so we contacted Georgia. We spoke to the to, to the employer. He got on the bus like two or three days later and back in back in Georgia, he called us and said he was doing well. So that was a goal definitely met right there. He got the job and he was back to being closer with his family again. He ended up in Florida. I don't know how, but that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. And even just going going back a little bit, like it is so interesting with what you were saying about that first VIP member. I remember, I believe, the first day <laughs> that this particular member showed up and uh, very boisterous and just in a in a place of desperation, mm-hmm. yes, and wanted and needed every bit of the attention yes. that they could possibly manage to acquire, <laughs> um, and just yeah, and all of it, like the entire outreach for a second it was just like gravi- had to gravitate yeah. towards what they needed. How they went from that, yeah, to and I can say from personal experience being literally the most helpful Mm -hmm. person on outreach you know like there's moments where i like where i myself have been managing various life care visits we tend to average probably per person probably around i don't know maybe like five or six out maybe five or so life care visits per person because it takes so much long to go through someone's story and help them i remember uh, I got paired up like two weeks ago <laughs> with this exact member that you were just talking about. We did like eleven. Yeah. And like, and it wasn't, and it was because that's how good they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were that good at the job that basically it was just having another outreach leader. Just it having was like someone having... there to oversight and to, yeah. and, and the other thing is yeah. what we're helping that particular VIP participant and she is to go back and get her GD. It started off. So now she had to stop during the pandemic. And so now we're helping her to get back in because I truly, 
truly, just like I see in, in all of our guests, I see the potential in her mm-hmm. and she wants it. The solution to homelessness can seem overwhelming, but we're on the ground every day doing our part. You can do your part by leaving us a comment and review. Share this episode with a friend and you can start to shift the narrative around homes. So I've been hearing you guys mention life care visits or LCVs. I heard you say the abbreviation. So for our listeners who have no idea oh. what a life care visit is. So enlighten us on how powerful these visits. BJ, you've been do you do it all the time. Oh. I would I-, I could do it, but I wouldn't do it justice. I can talk about what we do after that. Sure, sure. I mean a life care visit in in short. Exactly as the description states, it is this moment of visitation with our guests where we have the opportunity because they're present with us on the outreach and they're willing to have a conversation to holistically care for them. And by holistically, I mean we are interested in how they're doing spiritually. We're interested in how they're doing financially. We're interested in how they're doing residentially. We're interested in how they're doing emotionally and mentally, and we're interested in how they're doing medically. Like we're interested in the entirety of the person and we're having that moment where we are like, we want to care for your entire life. Every possible thing that you feel like you can't talk to somebody about or you don't know who can help, we want to help. And so when people are willing to let us in, that's, we, we do a life care visit. We do an LCV. And what comes out of that? Not just a nice conversation. Yeah, we get them connected to services. Um, we get them connected to resources. We have helped them get into better housing situations. Some people are experiencing substance use. We help them to get into detox programs. Some people need to be connected to their families. We help them to get connected to their families. So whatever we can do as a point of of connection for the next thing. We we may not be able to take them to Z, but we could take them to B. And what happens on the follow-up end is we're walking with them through B, C, D, while we have the different community partners and, and other resources that we're care coordinating with to make sure that they're getting the services that they need. We are their voice until they realize that they have a voice yeah. and they can do it on their own. Yeah. So that's really what happens on the on the other side of the bus. Wow. The other side of the bus. Wow. Or on the other side yeah. of the bus. Yes. Wow. I'm I am absolutely yeah, it's it is just so amazing to hear these these stories that you're telling, the connections that you've been able to make during your time working in human services and the things that clearly God has done in your life and leading you to the place where you currently are. I'm absolutely enthusiastic to see what becomes of your time here at City Relief and and what God does in the future with the VIP members that are a part of our, that are a part of our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this really this program has really just started. Yeah. So the the legacy that is to come. Yeah of cohort after cohort and what that can grow into. I am so excited to see what that would look like. And I have to say this, like, so much of this is us helping and being there and inviting and welcoming our friends. And so much of it is our guests welcoming us. And I have received so much in the three years that I've been here 
Like, I'm full. I'm full of what God has allowed me to be a part of and to experience every time, whether it's the smallest thing that we were able to help someone with. I literally sat down when I first came to this organization and watched one of our outreach leaders wash the feet of a homeless man. And I was like, wow, would I be able to do that? Like, would I do that? And so what I say for myself is God has taught me how to love so differently at City Release. He's taught me to love the things and appreciate the things that I never thought that I would appreciate. So we're here and we're talking about the impact that VIP has had on our guests, but the impact that City Relief and our guests have had on me is beyond what words can even explain at this table. That's amazing. Wow. It's very inspiring. Yeah, first. And and I'm always deeply filled with joy when I see someone who loves the work they're doing in any industry. And so it brings me great joy to see that 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 how deeply you are fulfilled by this work and I'm grateful that you're behind the bus. This podcast is sponsored by City Relief. We are a nonprofit dedicated to connecting people who are experiencing homelessness and poverty to food, clothing, and vital resources they need to survive. We show up week after week on New York City and New Jersey streets, regardless of the weather, providing meals and community to those who feel forgotten. We can only do this because of the generosity of everyday people like you who want to see a world where our homeless neighbors are cared for. To find out how you can give and make a real impact on homelessness, click the link in the description of this episode. So this amazing program, there might be other organizations or cities that think, I would love to implement this in my organization. Is there any words of advice in terms of roadblocks that you might come up against or life hacks that would be part of making that a successful program that they could replicate? I would say, don't get discouraged. This is a transient population, like I mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. They may start the program. They may not finish the program. That's okay. Low-hanging fruit. Like, don't make it too heavy. Make it feasible enough for the population that you're looking to help. So understanding more about the population is important, what their needs are. So one thing that we do is we provide monthly Metro cards, not just for them to come out to us and volunteer, but because they are connected to other resources and getting help from different places. And we want them to be able to have transportation to get there. So just thinking about what is what's realistic, what what do they really need for this to work? Like they need a Metro card and they need more than a one way Metro card. <laughs> like, you know, it just one way Metro card stops them there. And then where are they going? So we think about what happens even when they leave us. They, we don't want them jumping the turns off. So we think about just the very, so think about just the practical things, like think about your location and where you are. Think about like preparing your team for this, preparing your team for the pitfalls and the disappointments. Like we've seen like, this is a, this is a real startup program, but we've seen like, we will have so many people that express interest, but then when we get down to it, they're not ready. For different reasons, they may not be ready. That's okay, because we've seen people who are not ready at one point come back at another point and be ready. So I think that's it. Let the program be low-hanging enough so that they can attain it. 
Make it attainable enough. Yes. And then understand the population that you are working with and look for what the needs are exactly, right? So it might be transportation needs. It might be what other needs that we provide a phone. <laughs> like if they're not coming to work, they need a phone to say that they're not coming. So like these, so with the phone, that helps us then to connect to them because we're also teaching them leadership skills. Mm -hmm. If you can't come out, let us know. Send us a text so that we know. So provide the essential things that you would think that they need to be successful. Set them up to be successful. So as we're talking about this, I'm kind of thinking about having been on enough outreaches at this point and seeing our VIP members serving the community that they are very much still a part of. Like, what's, tell me about that dynamic. Talk to us about that dynamic. What's it like for our VIP members to be serving literally at the same location, serving the same people that until maybe a matter of weeks before that they were just coming to the outreach to hang out and if you live in New York or New Jersey, or technically anywhere, and you'd like to volunteer with us, click on the link in the description of this episode. I think we've seen two things happen. We've seen one thing where we've had participants that are, we've had participants that are VIP participants, and their friends or people in the community see them, and it's almost antagonizing sometimes, or it kind of tries to make them call things out of them sometimes. Like, what you doing over here, buddy? Like, you over here doing this now? Why are you doing this? You know, like, so there's that side to it where they have to also learn and, and understand how to adjust to that and how to respond to that. So we've had scenarios where there might have been choice words that have been sent back and forth because that other person doesn't, that VIP par participant doesn't yet know how to navigate if someone is coming in and kind of like picking at them, like they're in the kitchen serving and they're like, yo, man, you in there doing what? You were just outside the other day smoking some weed with us, you know, whatever that might be. So there's that side of it, right, BJ? Am I, am I talking right? Uh -huh. um, there's that side of it. And then the other side of it is the curiosity. Oh, if you can do it, I can do it. Yeah. How do I do it? Yeah. Right? So I think you have both sides. So that curious part is, I want to hear more about this program. Like, I would like to do this. And so that's when you get people that are like in their life care visits might be asking a question about what what is he doing here? Or like, can I can I do that too? Yeah. So that way it's kind of like word of mouth right then and there. Like, oh, I want to be a part of that program too. Okay. So can I? Like, and what's the process? Yeah. So you get more of a curiosity and a, I would like to give back too. And then you also have the other side of it where it's kind of like, what you doing here? You don't deserve to be here. It's that deservingness, right? And even that person on the flip side is also coming from a place of, you don't deserve that. We don't deserve that. Why are you there? So I even feel that flip side it's also a cry out for, I, I want to do this too, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. not vocalizing it in a way that is suitable. And an actual place to practice in a safe place how to respond to someone right. who, is being, who might be antagonizing you. Yeah. We deal with that in the world all the time, but here's a, an opportunity to practice that um, with people who are helping them to 
So we've had yeah. to do that. We've had to walk them through how do you respond? Yeah. How do you ha- how do you not say anything in that moment? I know BJ has had to like buddy up with with some of our VIP crew to just say, "Hey, you don't need to respond to that." And that's all a part of the learning process. Yep. That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much again. The the insight that you bring and just the thoughtfulness, like there's an incredible, there's an incredible sincerity to the way that you view the issue of homelessness, the struggle of homelessness, the experience of homelessness. There's a real genuine, like it's beautiful and it's really appreciated just getting to hear your heart today. Well, we do have to wrap up with the question we ask everyone at the end. So we all know that there are stereotypes of homelessness or people experiencing homelessness. And there's lots we could talk about in lots of different areas and things that people are stereotyping. But if you could challenge people about one thing, to think differently about one thing about homelessness, Mm. and you could do that right now, what what would it be? Stop with the us and them. I mean, stop with the them and then there's us, there's you. It's us. I think just even the language separates. We are all people like, you cut me, you're going to see the same blood coming out of me. If you cut someone that's walking around that's experiencing homelessness, you're going to see the same thing, except this person, we're all one fire away, a couple of paychecks away mm-hmm. from probably ending up in, in, in a similar situation. Yeah. I have seen it. Yeah. And so just change the language mm. of how we see each other and that separation and just Learn to just love people where they are. And if you don't know, then just get more educated around it so that you can know and become more aware because that's what that's what Jesus did. Just love them. Well, I'm grateful that you're in my life. Yeah. And, you, and I'm grateful that you were here talking to us today. I too. This was such a good conversation. I'm so happy that I was invited and this was great. Thank you. Hey, you. Yes, you, listener. Have you ever been walking down the street and someone who appeared unhoused approached you and asked for money? Or do you ever walk to the train in the morning and see someone holding a sign asking for help? What do you do? Well, don't worry, we are here to help. Click the link in the description of this episode for a quick, easy to use guide packed with helpful tips for how to engage with your neighbors experiencing homelessness.